Hello. I'm Welcome so back. <laughs> uh, me too. I feel like we're doing our first episode all over again. I know. Well, how's it going, guys? <laughs> how is everyone? How are the poppies? Welcome back to our channel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Haley? Um, nervous, but also nervous. Very excited. Yeah. Looking forward to yeah. this episode. Definitely. Um, so we're probably just going to jump right into it, cut through all of our normal banter at the beginning. Today, mm -hmm. we have a very special guest. We've kind of been um, not alluding, but straight out saying we have a surprise special guest for you all. And today we have Amanda Householder. And for those of you that listen to the show regularly or caught episode 32, which I covered Circle of Hope on, Amanda may sound familiar to you. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Great. Nervous as, yeah, this is our first <laughs> guest, our first interview. Um, so forgive us if we look like shy little puppy dogs. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it could be. <laughs> Thank yes, you guys, we seriously. are. Yeah. Of, of no, course, very, I'm glad. Very exciting when you when you reached out. Sam and I were texting each other like, oh my God, is this really happening? <laughs> and then when you started responding with voice notes, we were like, oh my God, it's really her. Like for someone outside of our inner circle to see the episodes we're posting is just crazy. So we're very excited. Yeah. Due to the uh, documentary that came out, like people went through and started like sending me like a whole bunch of like things that they weren't sure if I had seen or not. And yours was one of them. So. Yeah. I was oh my really? gosh yeah and i was that's really so, that's so cool watching it, so yeah oh that's really i'm glad cool. I, I love that we are big advocates for just spreading the word about things people might know not know about or issues that are ongoing and originally when we started the show we called it educate me papa because that's really what we wanted to do was educate ourselves and other people. And for some reason we call each other Papa all the time. So that th was thrown in there, but to be able to find the Dateline episode of Circle of Hope and share information about it and then also share ongoing information now talking with you is just hopefully going to bring even more awareness and get the word out about how things need to be changed on a huge level federally state level overall yeah absolutely it, it's uh i know like there's been like documentaries that have come out like on dateline and stuff like that but it's like the smaller podcasts that actually have gotten um the word out there more and the people that listen to the podcast are more um proactive and so personally as great as it is to be on like dateline and stuff like that doing podcasts is like way more um, beneficial to what we do anyways, because I feel like the podcast community actually like really wants to do stuff. And so like, it, it, yeah. it's really helpful. So definitely I would, yeah, I would definitely agree because a lot of the podcasts Haley and I both listen to are podcasts that uh, I can't talk podcasts mm -hmm. that share good information and actually care about people. They don't just care about like being on the internet and getting fame or putting out another episode and yeah. yeah yeah so 
And I would say the majority documentaries are great, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I said, yeah, the listeners to podcasts are definitely more um, proactive. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm sure the majority of ours are that way, too, because like I said, most of them are people we know. So they are people we like to surround ourselves with, and I'm sure that they will share things and get the word out, too. Awesome. For sure. Yes. So if you're ready, um, I have some questions lined up for you. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to obviously focus out on Circle of Hope, but we'll start with Circle of Hope and then kind of go from there. Um, obviously, if there's anything you're uncomfortable answering or if you can't answer, just let us know and we will cut it out. Um, so starting with your time at Circle of Hope um, and a little bit of your family background, I don't think in the Dateline episode, we got a, like a, a number. And I was wondering how many siblings do you have? I have six total. So um, I have three, like, well, four older siblings and then myself and then my younger brother. So six of us all together. Okay. Okay. So and five siblings. I right? know. That's okay. So that makes you the second youngest. And if I remember correctly, your brother that's younger than you is nine years younger. Correct. Yes. And is there a big age gap between all of you? Gigantic. My, um, my father was married before my mom. And so, uh, my oldest brother was like 18 when I was born. So yeah, a giant okay. age, age gap. Wow. <laughs> so was it mostly just, children that were between your mom and dad that were affected by circle of hope or the other children as well by circle of hope yes um my dad has his own demons and um he was Mm -hmm. raised in the if he was raised in ifb but there's so many different sections of the ifb and i don't mean but there are some that are more um lenient and more like liberal where you can wear pants listen to country music and stuff like that that's the section my dad uh, originally was from and he was trying to get away from that but he's still uh from my understanding i talked to my cousin uh in 2020 and um my dad was uh just as abusive with his older kids as he was with us but when my dad went through his divorce and was married to my mom my older the youngest brother that was still older than me of the three um he got special treatment and so um when he was like um 13 14 15 and 16 he wasn't getting punished the way we were getting and it was weird watching like it was it was weird watching that grow up because like he could get away with anything but we were like seriously being punished and so like yeah it was it was weird weird and it probably was hard to see that and probably hard to understand especially with him being older than you and probably at the age you were not being able to necessarily understand i mean it's not really understandable at all why there was the type of punishment that you had but it had to be just confusing we we kind of knew it was because if he (laughs) if he did anything the way he did with us he my older brother would go back to his mom like my dad would lose his custody we kind of we kind of understood that even though we were young but that's because like we 
we were taught that CPS were um, child protective services, like social workers and all of like the government officials and police were Satan work workers. And so all they wanted to do was um, take kids away and they um, assume that the way God teaches you to punish your child is abuse, even though it's not, because that's what Satan wants them to believe. And so as a kid, that's what you're taught. And so it's like, I understood and it was like, it was totally unfair and I hated it. But at the same time, it, it's weird. It's yeah. The brainwashing, right, it's and... hard to explain the brainwashing part of it, but Definitely. And I obviously I can't imagine what that was like, but I can from where I sit kind of understand what you're saying, because I I would probably think, well, if this happened to my brother and he told his mom and he got taken away, what happens to all of us? And as a child, you love your parents because they're your people. Yeah. Yeah. So other than what you had shared on the Dateline episode, which was, you know, standing on the wall, the girls being pinned down. Do you feel comfortable sharing any of the other punishments that you and the other students at Circle of Hope um, endured? It's hard to explain because um, it literally could be anything. My dad would get, it's weird, but he would get creative. And so um, it's, it literally could be any kind of punishment from holding hands to someone that you don't like, um, double portions. I mean, those are all things that we, we've already said. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't there for like the quiet room or the girls, uh, the girls being handcuffed. So, um, the things me and my siblings went through, um, not comparing trauma. This is just the only way I can explain it were, way more harsh and different than what the girls were going through. And what I mean by harsh is we would be whipped until we were bleeding until we were like bruised. Like it, it was, it was like that when I was there, like I said, that whole CPS thing, uh, my dad knew that if he would leave bruises on the girls, all that would do uh, a parent, all that like a parent would just see that and um, could get pictures and take it to to CPS. Now, I know if you Google, you'll see that one girl's mm -hmm. foot that's bruised, but that was from a incident with working. And so CPS didn't take that as anything. But if my dad was in the process of punishing a child and she was bruised, he knew that CPS could take them away. And so he was very careful on how he would punish them and not leaving bruises. Um, restraints were completely legal in the state of Missouri. So they were allowed to do that. Um, not as harsh wow. as they were doing it, but they were legal. And so all they had to do was say, they're legal. We're allowed to do this. Um, so... It wasn't until after I left that my dad was handcuffing girls, waterboarding girls, shoving socks in girls' mouths and like duct taping, taping their mouths and putting them in rooms and stuff like that. That stuff happened to me and my siblings as a kid. Um, but when I was at Circle of Hope, it was different. Like they, they were more strategic in ways of punishing. And that was specifically to make it to where CPS had no way of proving abuse. Now, my theory on that is... I feel like my, cause my, um, 
from the sounds of it, my younger brother had already turned 18 and left and joined the military. And so they didn't have their own kids at that time to torture that way. And so I feel like they got more risky and started doing that same type of stuff to the girls. But like I said, like that Mm -hmm. type of stuff did not happen when I was there. Um, But at Circle of Hope, like literally the punishments were so off the wall that it's kind of hard to um, name them all, except the ones that have like constantly been said. Um, But uh, I remember the little girl that the little five-year-old girl at that time, um, she would pee her pants and poop her pants on purpose, like in church service. And so um, they made it a point that she wasn't, I don't know why they did it, but she wasn't allowed to use the bathroom only every couple of hours. And we had to make sure she could go, like she would go and that she, like we had to check the toilet and stuff like that. Um, but it like, it was just weird. Sorry, my fingers. <laughs> it was just weird things like that, that um, <laughs> happened. So it's like, I don't know, unless it's the ones I constantly repeat, I can't off the top of my head think of any. Well, yeah, that it, that it makes total make sense. sense to me. That sorry to interrupt you, Sam, but I was just saying, You're fine. as you were ex- explaining that, it does make sense to me. I mean, I I obviously don't know for sure, but it makes sense to me your theory that all their kids were gone, so they got more risky. Like that makes complete sense to me. I think you're right about that. I agree. It was almost like. Mm-hmm they were taking out whatever demons they had inside on you and your siblings and then they couldn't do that anymore so they said screw it and just started doing it to other innocent children and i wonder too if because i know at that point cps had been there or social workers had been there multiple times people had run away and said something to the cops and no one was doing anything so they had the urge to do it and then just got more daring because they didn't face any punishment so here's one thing that um, I found out, and I don't, I don't know if it's like 100% true, but when uh, in 2020 when we took everything to TikTok, we say that it was because of TikTok and everyone contacting the police that they finally did something. I found out through a parent that actually the only reason that anything happened was because a girl um, that was there three months before we even went to TikTok got hit in the head by, or kicked in the head by a horse and had to be rushed into surgery. And she almost died. She then got sent back to my parents' house. And instead of her being able to rest and recover from all of that, they put her back to work. Somehow she was able (gasps) to get that, like that out to her parents and her parents came and got her. Her mom went to Arkansas, like the governor or someone, the legislator or something, in Arkansas and said, if you don't do something about this, I will. Well, because it was a child that was brought across state lines, according to this parent, the governor of Missouri was like, oh, we better do something. And that is according to this one parent. That is literally the only reason anything was even done. Like social services like failed in the state of Missouri so many times. And it wasn't. Yeah. Like Definitely. clearly some, a child was kicked in the head and was put back to work and they didn't do anything about it. Like another state had to step in and say, do something or we will. And so, yeah. Wow. I, I used to work in the medical field. And to me, I could never imagine having a child have that bad of an in- injury and then not sending them home to their actual parents. Actual parent. I understand yeah. that 
yeah, that I understand that Circle of Hope, like, had guardianship of them or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, that's not your parents. You need someone to be taking care of you. You almost died from a traumatic brain injury, it sounds like. So yeah. that's really wow. confusing. That's not the first time that something that, like, that bad has happened there medical-wise. And that's the thing, like, I, it was so weird to me that I don't know why it took one um, a boy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, Cornelius Frederick, he was restrained by, I can't remember the amount of staff he was restrained by, but he was um, unalived. And he was unalived by the same restraints that we used. And it took that, and that was in April or May 29th, 2020. And it took that happening for me to be like, holy shit, like any one of us could have been like accidentally like killing someone. But then hearing like the story about the girl getting kicked in the head, another story about um, one of the girls I knew I wasn't there for the incident having to be life flighted away because of her. She had like an infection that was really bad, but it took them two weeks to even do that. Anything with her. And I'm just like, how did no one like, how did nothing happen? Like, how did no one get unalived there? Like, I don't understand like the amount of times that something bad, like something bad happened, but something to the point that you would think the state would step in and say, hey, like, you guys need to be shut down. Like, they should have done that in the first place, but they never did. And so it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I actually was going to ask you how they handled it when someone was sick, but you just said they, they don't, they never did they anything. Don't. They didn't take care of them until it was about to be a death on their hands. Yeah, literally. That's my friend Chanel. Um, she was working with a horse and uh, she ended up messing, like twisting her ligaments and pulling her hamstring. Like still to this day, she has really bad, um, a really bad uh, time with her knee. I can't think of the word, sorry. But um, they didn't take her to the hospital for like a couple of days. My friend Maggie didn't even know she had a broken back until she left Circle of Hope. And now she's been out for I don't know how long she's been out but now she's dealing with the fact that she has a broken back and that happened while she was at Circle of Hope so like they didn't do shit for them when they they actually needed it when um kids are injured they tend to heal faster but if a broken back a broken leg a bone and that heals incorrectly or anything heals incorrectly that's going to cause them trouble for the rest of their lives yeah yeah that's so so beyond the the mental trauma then they have to have physical as well and it's just like the unfairness isn't even the right word for it that it's just horrible yeah sick no i don't know and the thing Um, that pisses me off oh the thing that makes me mad is my mom i didn't know this until way later but my mom was telling um parents that she was a nurse and I didn't find that out until like 2015 and on a website called um, Heal, like H-E-A-L, they have that my mom's a licensed nurse. And I reached out to Angela who runs it and I was like, she's not a nurse. And she's like, well, you have to send me proof. And I was like, well, um, I have absolutely no way of proving it other than like I was born in 1991 in the state of Virginia. And this says she's got the license in 1993. And my mom did not move to Missouri in 1993 to get a license. Um, they never removed that. But come to find out my mom actually was, was telling she... people. I'm sorry. I was just oh, no, um sorry. did she have did she have proof that she was a nurse? Like or did no, she there's... just say that and they were like She just said that, but luckily enough, 
there was a Stephanie Ann householder in the state of Missouri that got her <laughs> her medical license in 1993. And I'm like, my mom was in Virginia. Oh that was not my mom. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So she. I don't know. I don't know That's if she crazy. like saw that and then, or if she just like said it and that just appear like it just was i don't know i don't know if she found it first and then decided to start telling people or she just started telling people yeah. and they just happened to be like oh okay here she is so <laughs> yeah she found it and then somehow got the records of her nursing de degree or license <laughs> and then went from there like that that's wild and to find that's someone with your exact name yeah yeah i don't know if she wow. ever showed anyone she had proof i think that people just took her word for it and might have googled it i don't think she ever actually like showed people this lady's information wow. so hmm. wow the the amount of sneakiness that boyd and stephanie like carried out throughout all of this absolutely blows my mind because we know today that if we want to find something especially the three of us as women we can just do a facebook fbi research yeah. you know group and we're fine we can get everything we need but starting it everything starting back then it's like there wasn't the same access so i guess it makes sense yeah. that they can be so sneaky but it's just, it just blows my mind they didn't think okay so one of the rules between agape and circle of hope well most of the troubled teen schools is you can't share information like i can't if i was in one i couldn't tell you what state i was from what city i was from you obviously have my name um I can't give you my phone number. I can't do any of that. And so like, they never like thought that Facebook would ever exist. And they never like, never saw that coming. And I honestly think it is because of Facebook and all the other that we all found each other and we're like, no, that was fucked up. Like, no. And so <laughs> I think mm -hmm. it's funny because they tried their hardest to keep us away from each other, but that didn't work out. So no. Mm -hmm. And although it might've been that parent from Arkansas that, maybe like sparked the legal part of everything i definitely yeah. think that the TikTok video did a lot to spread even more awareness oh, and when yeah. you get media attention it always pushes the cops and the authorities to do more than it would just having anyone else come in and say hey you need to do something it's like well no well, one knows so we'll sweep it under the rug it reached that parent as well and so that's the reason why that parent went and got her daughter because she like mm. saw it and was like, so I knew something like, and she just went and got her daughter because she like knew something was bad. And same with the other parent that I was speaking about that told me that story. Um, he also saw the TikTok and went and removed his daughter. There was like a couple of parents that did that. And so like, even though like it didn't really, it did get some, it got the uh, one police officer to help us. But um, it really reached the parents, which did a lot of good. So, yeah. yeah, and we know that overall, most of the parents really just wanted what was best for their kids and they thought that they were getting it, but they weren't. So it doesn't surprise me that they finally jumped in when they saw the proof, because exactly. I'm sure as a parent, it's hard for you to hear your kid go, oh, well, they're they're being mean to me, they're this and that, especially if they have behavioral issues, but. I'm not a parent, so I don't, I try not to speak in any sort of absolutes, but I can't imagine dealing well, with that with my kid they, and then sending them away. Yeah. 
Well, they groom the parents as well, saying, like, your children are going to say this, that, and this happens. Don't believe them. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. You know what your child's like. And so, like, even if the kid said that, like, it it didn't matter. That's crazy. Wow. I actually recently watched another documentary. I have the name on my phone. I'm sorry. Um, Was it one of the new ones that came out? I think, like, Hell Camp? Or something like yes, that? Yes, Hell Camp. Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah, and they did the same thing where they just brainwashed everyone into thinking it was a good place. And then videos came out about it. Or someone recorded them and snuck them across, like, international borders to get them to the right people to say, hey, this is happening off in this other country in the jungle. And it started in Utah, and then they ended up moving around mm-hmm. a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. That happens. The school and uh, yeah. board that my parents work at, they have a place in Ecuador that I don't, I think it opened in like early 2000s, but it wasn't a thing when we were there. But yeah, they opened a place in Ecuador. Um, one of the places got shut, one of the places that um, I think it's Casa by the Sea, it got shut down because of how bad it was from Mexico. Um, Victory uh, from Ramona, California. My friends from there, it they up and moved from California to Mexico, and Mexico kicked them out because of how bad they were. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> they can, but they opened <laughs> up in Florida, and the place is still running. So it's like, wait, Mexico says this is bad, gets rid of them, but we let them back in. Like, what? Of course, it's Florida. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, of course, and I'm sure that it's all you know, um, white, white, straight religious people that are doing this, because how do you get back in when Mexico kicks you out? But then everyone's like, build a wall. You know, it's just the the dynamic of these, like, hypocrisies is just disgusting. I it pisses me off so much. Um, I was going to jump back and actually ask you, you said that your dad originally was trying to get away from IFBs and he was in one that was more liberal. And then I remember from talking to you in the documentary that he got back into it or deeper into it because of your mom. Was your mom raised like that? Or why do you know why she was so determined to have Boyd be part of IFB? Um, My mom was raised Catholic. Uh, she has her own abuse that happened uh, within her family. Um, her father was really messed up. Um, and then she ran, like, he died when she was 12, but she, like, I don't know how to explain it. She would always talk about how great her dad was and how much she loved him. Totally understand that. Um uh, but then I find out years later after leaving and not talking to my parents, how bad her dad actually was. Like she would tell me how bad he was to her brother. But then I find out years later how bad he actually was to her. And um, so even after he died, she was like still trying to like find daddy, like had daddy issues. And so she would get into like Mm -hmm. relationships, like with my dad, who my dad's 16 years older than my mom. And he uh, was a heavily, al- like, heavy drinker, alcoholic, smoked all the time, uh, broke as fuck. Um, and she was searching for something. And my older brother, Nate, who we have to blame for all of this, <laughs> he was like two or three. 
And he's like, mommy, mommy, I want to listen to Jesus music. I want to listen to Jesus music. And so she puts on <laughs> a Christian station and they talk about this church and come to find out it was the church my parent, my dad was raised in. And so like my mom started going to church. My dad refused. My dad's like, no, we don't have good clothes. We're poor. Like we can't show up looking like this. And my mom would just keep going and keep going. And finally, my dad gave in and went in and um, he traded one drug for another drug. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That, wow. That's insane. And it just goes to show how people with trauma just continue to pass the trauma down. And we have to make the choice to stop it. And it's part of me is sad because people of those generation of Boyd and Stephanie's and you know, older people didn't know any better. But at the same time, how do you not know any better? Yeah, something deep down inside of me knew better, even though I was like surrounded by people who believed the same shit. Something deep down inside of me was like, no, right. Even though I was really brainwashed to believe because no matter how many times I ran away as a kid, I was always brought back. But I was okay at the time I was like, I'd say 10, 11, 12. I was okay with going to hell because as soon as I turned 18, I was getting the fuck out of there because I did not like the way I was raised. And even though I was brainwashed, I thought I was going to hell when I left. And I was totally okay with that because I would have rather that than what I was living in. And so, yeah. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a hell sounds better than this hell right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Type, you know, like trading one hell for another. At least I would have a little bit of fun yeah. before I died. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. How I felt. <laughs> That's, oh my God. No, it makes sense. It's just like, it's sad. Yeah. It's not fair. It makes me mad, but I'm glad that you can laugh about it because <laughs> what else can you do? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So you talked a little bit about Boyd and his addiction issues. Um, and then I also remember from the documentary that he was in the military. Do you remember what war he was in? Uh, he was, uh, he actually retired. Uh, he was deployed to Desert Storm and he retired before Desert Storm happened. And so they brought him back in and then he officially retired after the declared peace. Um, I know he was in Vietnam. He was blown. He literally lost his arm in Beirut. His arm is plastic. You can see his like arm has skin around it, but it's plastic on the inside. And so if you take a like knife and stab it, like it's plastic. Um, and so Beirut, uh, that caused between Vietnam, he was already messed up. But Beirut, he watched his friend literally get blown from the building and die. And so like that really fucked him up. So I like would bet that he has PTSD. I can't say he is because I'm not a therapist, but I can almost guarantee you he I think it's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree 1,000%. And I would almost venture to say that anyone who saw active combat in the Vietnam War probably has some form of PTSD because yeah. that was terrible. I, my, um, girlfriend's grandfather was in Vietnam and he actually ended up with agent orange and I, it made him physically ill, but it made, I feel like it might've made him a little ornery too, or he could have just been an ornery (laughs) person. I didn't know him for too long before he passed, but I wonder if that happened to Boyd and he ended up like having any sort of like mental effects from it that just added to his already, you know, 
messed up brain, but I'm, I'm wondering too, did he have issues before going into the war? Did he have a troubled childhood as well? He did. Um, my grandfather, uh, my papa, he was, uh, so I don't know if you know anything about religious people and how they love to talk about the punishments they give and how they get happy and laughy. Like it's something that you'll sit down to dinner and talk about, Oh, I beat my kid today this way. And everyone will laugh. So I remember multiple times, my papa talking about how um, my dad, who was two thought he was helping <laughs> and went and got the hose and filled up his gas tank full of water. And so my papa punched him in the face, oh. and punched him in the face. And so, yeah, he was raised. Holy shit. Severely abusive. Oh my God. Um, and then there was a lot of incest, not, with my grandfather, but with my mama's side, there was a lot of incestual abuse that happened that I am almost positive my dad like witnessed because some of the punishments that would happen to his sister, um, he would then put onto the girls at Circle of Hope, like cutting hair um, because um, my aunt thought she was too pretty. And so like my mama cut her hair off and yeah, so. I, I think wow. a so lot of just, his punishments were from her. Like a mirror just reflecting it back on other people. Yeah. That's insane. And do you, like, one thing that I saw in the documentary, I keep saying that, I don't need to keep mentioning it, but one thing I keep, one thing I saw and one thing that I saw in the, um, TikTok video and that you also explained about in your TikTok video when you shared the video with from within Circle of Hope was your mom just sitting on the couch and she just was a very passive person is that just who she was or was she having like abuse issues with Boyd or like why was she so passive I don't understand so I remember before and like during the part of my mom getting into religion, my dad was fighting back so bad that my dad pushed my mom out of the car. Like my mom was, he was driving and my mom opened the car and was like, fine, I'm getting out. I'm going to go like walk somewhere herself. I don't remember where she was going. I just remember we were in front of this like gorgeous library and uh, my dad pushes her out while he's driving instead of like actually stopping and letting her out. Um, I remember them being super abusive to each other. Uh, but then one day it just like, went from them like doing it to each other and then turning on to us. So like we were always abused, but it got worse after they decided, Oh, we're not going to hit each other anymore. And so, yeah. They went to church and, and heard that God wants you to beat your children and you should honor God first. And then your spouse, well, husband most likely. And they just took that to heart and ran with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I'm not a big fan of religion. Um, I respect everyone's faith as, as individual human beings. Um, but it's just, especially Christianity. I don't, it's so confusing. It doesn't make any sense. People just do what they want based off of some book that they think someone wrote thousands of years ago, but there's no proof of anything. And I don't know. I think people just use it to be evil, you know? Okay. Are we all squared away? Yes. 
I think so. Okay. <laughs> I could because I could keep talking, but I want to try to stay focused. <laughs> I wanted to get some more current info. Um, you've told us a little bit about what Boyd and Stephanie were charged with. I shared some of that on the episode. Do you? I know that there was a motion to have the attorney general decide the sentence on them yeah. instead of the judge. Do you know any more of that or about no, that? No, I don't. Um, the only thing that the last thing is the writ prohibition or some, or probate, I think, I don't remember what it is. Uh, but it basically, when I looked it up, it just makes it to where the prosecuting attorney, um, who has tried everything with the circle of hope case to make it to where they're not getting as many charges who has done successfully with making it to where the agape staff aren't charged with proper charges, um, where he can't say, Oh, um, let's give him five years. Uh, whatever the attorney general suggests is what um, the judge has to give, like, uh, decide, uh, basically. So if the attorney general says they need 10 years to life, then the um, judge has to give them a sentence somewhere in between there. The prosecuting attorney can't say, no, this is better. So, which in Missouri, okay. um, local local prosecuting attorneys have more say than a judge, or not a judge, than a um attorney general or even a governor so that's absolutely disgusting and I, like the, the unless someone's entering a plea deal and the prosecuting attorney is agreeing to that there shouldn't the prosecutors just prosecuting like they they're just trying to plead the case why do they have power like that that's why we have judges so according to missouri law it's an old law the local um Local people know more than what a governor would know with what is good for their town, what is good for their city, whatever. And so it's an old law. I don't know what year. Very old, um, which I could kind of understand it for like back in the like 1800s when you can't like get a hold of a governor like super fast. But not in like 2024 where like I feel the governor should definitely be like, no, I don't think you're handling this properly. This needs to be how it's handled. Completely agree. And there, yeah, there's enough resources now that the governor knows and it could make sense for certain things like how, how and when roads are paved or things, but not tr huge yeah. trials involving a hundred felonies between two people. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That you decided not um, to do anything about for years until something right. big happened. So, yeah. And the prosecuting attorney is friends with Boyd and Stephanie. Um, I'm not necessarily sure with my mom and dad, but with Agape, we found trails of, can't say he's friends 100%. He can deny everything, but he has donated money to help sponsor a student's stay at Agape. So a student's stay is like 30 grand, I think, a year at Agape. And so he gave however much money it was for a tuition uh, to Agape to say, hey, I'll sponsor a kid for a whole year. So, but he, he'll deny Wow. He'll deny that he, he knows that he donated it. He'll say, yeah, I did. I thought they were good or whatever. But honestly, just like following the trail and how he's handled everything, I believe he knew more because the, the sheriff who told us that he'll help us with Circle of Hope, he told me he used to work at Agape. He's like, I was there. He's like, I never witnessed like the abuse you're talking about at Circle of Hope. And I was like, I can tell you it happens like it was there. You will not see it because one, you're an outsider. They're not going to show it to you're an outsider that's also a cop that could do something. They're not going to show it to you. Um, and so I, I do believe since they had police, not just the 
they had police working at Agave as well, not just staff. So sheriff deputies. Of course. So on yeah. some level, the prosecutor has involvement with one of these with Agape, which is a school very similar to Circle of Hope and probably has some sort of um, investment in them doing well or not, it not getting out that they're doing something wrong and he supported them. Well, or he the has is, the same beliefs. He Well, I could, I believe that. But um, he also, it was in their favor to not do anything about Circle of Hope because Circle of Hope started under Agape and did everything exactly like Agape. They learned... My mom and dad worked at a place before and it was not as strict and um, military and torturous as the Agape and Circle of Hope became. Everything my parents learned was how to run Circle of Hope was from Agape. And so if Circle of Hope got shut mm -hmm. down, it would be in their best interest to uh, not make that happen. Because if they got shut down, then exactly what happened. We started speaking about Agape because the students from Agape were like, hey, Boyd was a staff at Agape. And so they didn't want that. Right. Oh my God. And they're all interconnected. And um, mm -hmm. from another show that I watched um, that we can't talk too much about, but I, you also told me about IFBs and the just generally how IFBs are flying under the radar, starting these ranches, these schools, these homes how do you know, or is there an estimate how many schools like this are still out there within the U.S. or started in the U.S. and moved to other countries? Or is it just, we can't even IFB, fathom it because... You can't, not with the Independent Fundamental Baptist. Now, there is a website, I think Unsilenced has a map of the schools they found. Um, they have the state-run schools. You can you can follow those pretty easy. But with IFB, they you, there's absolutely no way. Same with the other. Not all of the religious schools are IFB. There's some that are Catholic. There's some that are Mormon. There's some that are other different religions. Those, no. There's absolutely no way that you're going to ever be able to know how many because of separation of churches, state versus church, or church whatever, state church uh, separation. So Awful. And yeah. if if state and church should be separated, but states require children to have an education, then churches yeah. should not be allowed to start schools without being re like registered. It's so funny that everyone wants um, states to stay out of churches, but no one cares if churches stay out of government. Stay out of state room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I got mm -hmm. into the argument with an Arkansas senator. I forget his name. But he made a tweet once. It was the first time I ever got into a debate with someone. Uh, but he made a tweet one one saying, oh, we need God back in um, schools because if we had God back in schools, <laughs> um, rape wouldn't be happening within schools. <laughs> and I was like, wait, oh, hold on. my God. <laughs> How do you know that is a lot of the rapes um, and abuse are happening within church and church schools? And that was a fun thing. I was just like, please explain yeah. to me. And he never could. Never freaking could. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't say that. No. Oh, my God. That that tweet landed in the in the hands of the right person, and thank you for debating. <laughs> because holy shit, what an idiot! I know. Oh my god! I was like wait, um, I can pull up article after article of your religion abusing <laughs> kids in the worst way, and so that's yeah. what, like he's oh an god. IFB. He he was IFB, and so that's what I did. I took like IFB people and started, and I was just like, mm -hmm. nope, you can't do that. <laughs> this and this and. Just sitting there like, hey, ready to I'm fire so your shots of evidence. Yeah, I'm so, so happy. I'm like, yep, this is a debate I'm going to get into. 
Yes. Oh, I love a good debate, especially where you know how right you are and you've got all the proof yes. and they're just going to not have anything to come back with. Oh, mm-hmm. chef's kiss. I'm so a, satisfied. I'm a Satanist. I love to worship Satan. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> that. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. I'd rather worship. Yeah, I want to worship. So, oh my God. <laughs> And actually, I think it's so funny when people talk about people who worship Satan, because if you actually look at like the tenets of the state, like the Satan or the satanic religion, they're so much better than anything that's ever come from Christianity. Yeah. So I know you said you have to get going soon. Um, I just wanted to ask you some more stuff about you. So... Um, obviously you just kind of told us your feelings about religion and spirituality. Do you, I, I assume you don't follow anything specifically, but do you, what are your feelings if you feel like sharing? Um, I personally am an atheist. I do not, do not believe there is a God, uh, just because I don't believe there's any evidence pointing towards a God. But if there is a God, I believe he is the God that I was preached to about when I say that, I say the one thing that the IFB would say is God knows your heart, but then would turn around and say, oh, you're going to hell for this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, well, no, if there really is a God, then I do believe he knows my heart and he knows that I am not, not believing in him. I am just, there's no proof that he's there. Um, and he has a very good <laughs> understanding as to why I'm not looking into that further. Um, I yep. believe that I am leaving this world and I'm done. And so I'm just going to leave the best part of me that I can behind. Do you believe that? That's, no, I agree completely. I do believe my kids get to decide what they are. And so, like, I don't have anything against religion. I just will never force it down people's throats. So. Agree. Oh, I, I had a feeling that was going to be, yeah, something along the lines of your answer. But just people who think that God's they get to take God's teachings and like force them on people in the way that they, they see fit when their like um, texts are the one that said the ones that said like Jesus hung out with prostitutes and sinners and all these people. But then you get to be bad to all the people that you think aren't right or that God wouldn't appreciate when you're not the one deciding. So yeah. it's so okay. fucked up. They care more about getting people to heaven than actually, like, getting them to heaven, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. They don't care about yes. love. They care about fearing them into submissiveness, and that doesn't work. So. Mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. And if there is a God and if there is a heaven and hell, the first people going to hell when they die are the ones that are inflicting this torture and pain upon other people. Yeah. Because that's not what it's about. No. No, not at all. Yeah. Do you know of any other available resources out there that we could share or any, would there be a good place that I could look for any sort of like petitions or things to sign for us to share with our followers that might help action anything? Yes. Unsilenced is my favorite um, place right now uh, that they will, they should have petitions. They should have like a history map of everything. That is like the stop place to go to like go there they have everything <laughs> is that unsilenced.com i think it's unsilenced.org um and oh it's perfect like teal okay. and purple so yeah okay 
I wrote it down so we can keep that. Um, and I also just wanted to ask if you feel, again, if you feel like sharing, what does your life look like now? I know you have children. You said you have a boyfriend. Where did you kind of land? I want to share maybe some changes, some happiness for other people who might be struggling with something like this or had struggled. Yeah. So after leaving like a cult or anything like high trauma like that or controlling, it's really easy to get back into that situation. <laughs> and so I did that and I was in that for 10 years. Well, no, I, when I say I was in there for 10 years, me and my ex had broken up prior, but I didn't officially like leave his property until a full 10 years after us being together. Uh, but last year I was like, I can't, like, I want my kids to be happy. I started seeing my mom in me. When I say I started seeing my mom, I don't mean the psychoticness of my mom. I just mean the miserable. My mom was miserable. She was not happy. The, and I don't, I, I didn't want my kids The passiveness, yeah. Yeah, I did not want my kids, like, I know there was better because I was living better before I fucked up and got into that stupid situation. And so I was like, I just need out. Um, and so I did get out. And um, I'm actually really, like, really happy now um i did meet someone and we are uh we honestly we connected on um we basically have the same like goal and so um he told me about this law he's like working on called gabby's law and so like that's our new goal is to start working on that and try getting that going so i yeah it's a it's a awesome well it's awesome. to teach uh, about, I always, it's to teach about body, bodily anatomy, autonomy, autonomy, sorry, uh, to kids. Mm -hmm. So they know, um, okay. like, if I knew that, like, if I knew like, as a kid that my body was my body and I had to consent before, um, I don't think things would have happened. Some, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we connected on that. And that's, that's beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'd love if, if you have time or if your boyfriend would like to connect, I'd love to keep updated on that because I yeah. am a big advocate for bodily autonomy and even just mm -hmm. going to a kid and like my, um, I call them my nieces and nephews. They're technically my cousin, baby cousin-in-laws, but you know, I'll go to them and say, can I give you a hug goodbye? If they say no, I say, what about a high five? And they're like, no, I just wave. I ju you just, yeah. it, and it makes them like you more. They're more comfortable with you. Now they come to me and they mm -hmm. talk to me about things and it just, and also they're humans. So I'd love to know more or know where to go to find more because I will sign and push and do whatever. Oh, I could cry right now because that's a big <laughs> thing for me is letting children really have cool. their own voices. Mm -hmm. I will definitely keep you guys updated. We're still in like the working process, like getting, we've, we've done one presentation, but we're still getting everything put together. But yes, I will definitely keep you guys in the loop. That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. This was absolutely fantastic. Um, before we kind of close it out, is there anything else you wanted to sh say or share? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. No. Okay. That's totally cool. I just wanted to make sure we had space. Haley, what about you? Um, I just wanted to thank you so much for reaching out in the first place and for agreeing to come on the show. This is so exciting and I'm so glad you're speaking out so much and you continue to do so. It's very inspirational. So mm -hmm. I'm just honored that you're here, <laughs> you know? 
I second Thank that. You guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful evening and we will definitely keep in touch. And I definitely plan to speak more about IFBs and other things because we need to stop doing, well, we need to stop them, not we, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the royal we. Yes. I guess. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys. Okay. okay. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, so that was amazing. Amanda's a wonderful human. We had our first guest, guys. Let us know what you think. I don't know. I'm voguing. Um, I can't hear you. But oh, no, I can. oh, I was voguing and I wasn't talking into the microphone. But thank Amanda's not here anymore. But thank you again, Amanda. That was fantastic. You're a wonderful ass human being. Um, holy shit. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> but... If you guys want to know more, if you want to see other people on here, if you want us to speak out about something that is important to you, we probably think it's important too. So message us about it. We have Instagram, educate me, Papa. We have educate Facebook, educate, educate me, Papa dash the podcast. We have an email, educate me, Papa at gmail.com. We have YouTube where you can comment, and that's Educate Me Papa Dash the Podcast on YouTube. We have TikTok, Educate Me Papa Dash the Podcast, or just Educate Me Papa. Both will bring it up. Let's keep talking about these things. Let's make change. I just, a big motivator in my life is to make change at any level that I can. So if that's like yesterday texting my dad and just saying, hey, I love you, and it told me, it, he told me it made his day, or making this video and people see it and it forces action for these schools like let's wait, make wait. some di i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but i want to tell the story about what happened <laughs> when she first got on the call <laughs> yes please do yes please do please so, everyone needs to know i'm so sorry for interrupting but i have I, it just came into my head again i was like i have to tell it it's <laughs> Yes. We started it off strong. Um, Sam and I got into the studio like 15 minutes early or so, and we had some technical issues um, before she was able to join. And at, like the second she joined the studio, I was belching. And that's the first <laughs> thing she heard when she got on the call. <laughs> so, Amanda, guys, I'm so sorry, but also it was hilarious. And I'm glad you laughed with us. <laughs> Yes, but if you know us, you know that that is right on brand. Yeah. So it was perfect. I appreciate your bell, Chaley. I'm sad <laughs> we didn't record it, but Amanda took it like a champ. We all laughed until we had tears in our eyes. I think it was a great introduction. So thank you, Haley's internal organs. <laughs> it was a sign that they're, I'm supposed to continue belching. <laughs> yes. Obviously, I didn't know you needed a sign, but there's your sign. <laughs> yeah, but go back to what you're saying. I just had to tell the story. No, you're totally fine. Keep belching. Keep sticking up for what's right. Speak out. We got your backs. Have our backs, too. I'm on a high right now. So what I would like to say is... Thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for listening. 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 Fuck IFBs, which is independent. Nope, independent fundamental Baptist. Thank you for Christianity. Fuck them. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Okay, guys. Thank you.
Goodbye. We love you Toodaloo. so very much. Well, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>